You are tuned in to Calvary Chapel's Bible Prophecy Series. And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry, and Dan McGee of Crown and Sickle Ministry. We're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale studio. So we ask that you keep us in prayer for our technology and everything to go well with today's program. Our lines will be open for those of you that would like to call in and participate with a question or a comment. You can always call in or text in your questions, your comments at 305-992-9537. Again, that's 305-992-9537. Well, today we're going to talk about signs of the times, and that is a sign of persecution. Luke chapter 21, verse 12, and Matthew chapter 24. But before we continue today's program, I'm going to ask Nathan if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day that we can study your word, we can get to know you better. And I thank you that Don McGee is here with us as we study your word. Lord, open up our hearts and our minds to knowing you better. And I praise you in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and, Na and Don McGee as we talk about signs of the time, the sign of persecution. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can get more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. You can also tune in to a new addition to the T-Wave family. That is T-Wave.tv. So we want to say hello to those of you that are viewing us live via T-Wave.tv and T-Wave.casting as well. We want to encourage you to stay tuned to today's program as well as also the weekly programs here on T-Wave.org radio. But before we continue today's program, I, I want to welcome my two special guests that I'm so excited about, Nathan Jones and Don McGee. Don, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation, Vic. The pleasure indeed is all mine. Oh, it's awesome to have you here. And also, it's a great pleasure to have Nathan Jones of Lime and Lion Ministry. Nate, good morning. Hey, good morning. It's great to be on, and especially have uh, Don McGee here. Don McGee is a, a good, longtime friend of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and he's been one of my teachers over the years, so it's a great blessing to be on the show with you. That is super exciting. Of course, before we continue today's program, I would love to have both of you share a little bit about your ministry and also some information in case someone is tuned in and would like to get more information about your ministry. Don, would you be able to share with us maybe your contact information, how individuals might be able to get a hold of you uh, in case they want more information about your ministry? Certainly, and I thank you for that opportunity. <clears throat> People can uh, contact us at Crown and Sickle Ministries. If they would like uh, a phone number, it's 985 7482943 or they can contact us on the web at crownandsickle.com at c r o w n a n d s i c k l e dot com or they can reach us by way of email at csm01 at att.net 
Excellent. Thank you so much, Don. And of course, Nathan Jones, uh, also some information regarding your ministry as you normally do. But just in case someone maybe is tuned in for the first time and they don't know how to make their way over to your resources. Oh, certainly. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. We, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And it was founded by Dr. David Reagan, who hosts our television show, Christ in Prophecy. That can be seen on we're up to 17 networks now around the world. And folks can come to our website at lamblion.com, and they can read articles and uh, sign up for our newsletter, watch the TV programs there, uh, check out our Facebook group and blog, and just get to know Bible prophecy and, and God's amazing prophetic word through our website at lamblion.com. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan. And, of course, I actually have here uh, this wonderful booklet by... Uh Crown and Sickle Ministry, Don McGee, and I want to thank you for that as well. And just a lot of wonderful resources. And of course, we have uh, TWave.TV here on our background, and we have both of your websites running. For those of you that are watching us live as well, you can have that information there and all these wonderful, wonderful resources. Well, thank you both for joining me. Well, today's subject matter is one that is very important. As we've, we have been talking about the signs of the times, and here in Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 12, again, we read, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, deliver you up to the synagogues and prison. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And of course, Nathan, you've been taking us through an incredible journey as we have been looking about uh, at the signs of the times. And I wanted to see if maybe you can recap for us briefly some of the signs that we've talked about before we jump into our next uh, sign uh, with Don McGee. Certainly, certainly. Well, the context of it is, especially in Matthew 24, Luke 21, parallel Mark 13, is that the apostles were at the temple in Jerusalem, they're with Jesus, and they're awing and ooing over this amazing temple they haven't seen before, and then Jesus just shuts them up, so to speak, by saying, you know, this whole thing will be destroyed, not one stone will be left upon another. And they're like, what? And so by the time they get across the valley into the Mount of Olives, they ask Jesus three questions. They ask him, when will the temple fall? what will be the sign of the end of the age, and what will be the sign of Jesus' coming. So they're looking to know when the, the signs that will point to when the temple fall, which we know was 70 A.D., right. what will be the signs of the end of the age, which is the end of the church age, and then what will be the sign of Jesus' coming, the second coming at the end of a seven-year tribulation that's coming upon the earth. And Jesus gave them ten signs that they could look out for to know that the Lord was coming really soon. And that ranged all the way from an increase in frequency and intensity of uh, all the signs actually increase in frequency and intensity. But we're talking about earthquakes, famines, plagues, uh, signs in the sky. And by the time we get to Christian persecution, that's the eighth of the ten signs that the Lord gave us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, somebody might be tuned into the program. Maybe they're new to Bible prophecy. And we see that there's just a lot of things going on even today, uh, starting with the regathering uh, of the nation of Israel as an incredible sign. Don, I was going to ask if maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that miracle of the regathering of the nation of Israel. Well, Vic, uh, there is no precedent for what has happened in Israel. Never in the course of humanity has a uh, nation of people that has been, uh, for all practical purposes, dead by being dispersed uh, throughout the world and resurrected again or brought back together again as a nation in their own state. Of course, uh, the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 37 prophesied that this would indeed happen. But that has no precedent whatsoever in the secular world. But it did happen. 
and God brought those people back together as a nation in 1948. But interestingly, that was just the beginning. All the Jews are, who are going to be brought back to Israel are not in Israel today. There's a day coming when the vast majority, the overwhelming majority, and some even say every last Jew, will be brought back to the land of Israel. That's coming. Of course, that will not happen until the tribulation period, which follows the taking out of the church. So the idea of a nation of people being brought back to their land from the graveyards of the Gentile world is a phenomenal miracle. And I believe, Vic, that it, it parallels the resurrection, if I can use that term, of the Hebrew language. Uh, Latin is often called a dead language. It's still used in the halls of academia. Uh, but that's just about it. No one really knows a lot about Latin today. But Hebrew, the biblical language Hebrew, is alive and well and vibrant, dynamic, uh, in not only in the nation of Israel, uh, but in other places too. Uh, so we see a parallel between uh, what happened with the revival of the language, which was necessary, I believe, for the complete revival of the Hebrew nation, the Jewish people. God is a wonderful God. When he says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. And all we have to do is watch these things. And as we observe them and as we study them, our faith grows. The Word teaches us that we have faith. Our faith grows by reading the Word of God. Amen. And watch, watching what he is doing in Israel today uh, is just a great boost to our faith. Amen. Thank you so much, Don. And again, we see so many things just coming together. Nathan, you were also talking to us about that incredible sign of persecution. We see so much of that uh, happening right before our eyes, right, Nathan? Well, it's an unprecedented century when it comes to persecution. I mean, we would think that uh, uh, persecution is bad throughout human history, but uh, Voice of the Martyrs recently wrote an article, and in it they said, more Christians died for their faith in the 20th century than in the 19th century leading up to it. And But as bad as the 20th century was, the 21st century is starting to make that look like a Sunday picnic. Mm-hmm. And when you get the scope and the, the, the breadth of that is, is to think about the amount of Christians that were slaughtered over the 20th century, but we're only 14 years into the 21st century, and it's making the 20th century deaths look pale by comparison. So we are living in a time of intense Christian persecution. No, and that's amazing. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, Don, you know the situation with ISIS and the Boko Haram, and even in our time, right, Don? We see so much of that uh, transpiring right before our eyes. We do indeed, and uh, as Americans, we're somewhat insulated from that kind of thing. Uh, but even in our own country, a country that is uh, founded upon a document uh, that we call the United States Constitution that guarantees the practice of our religion, we are not really um, far from it in our own country. We're seeing some uh, degree of persecution as Christians. All you have to what, look at it in sports, in politics, in business, in free enterprise, uh, in academia. It doesn't matter. You choose the field, and you can find Christians being persecuted uh, for their faith. Now, I believe that this is going to change with the, when the church is taken out, that those people who are left behind will have no constitutional guarantee. Those who would want to uh, study the Bible, and, and many we know will become Christians during that time, but they're going to do so under severe persecution uh, to the point of even having to give their lives, even in America.
Mm, excellent point, excellent point. Again, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and Don McGee so talking about signs of the time, the sign of persecution. Our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. Feel free to call us in or text in your question or your comment. So, Nathan, you're taking us to this incredible journey. We see the sign of persecution. Uh, following that sign, we find other things in Luke chapter 21 that begin to develop. Can you also talk to us about that? Well, we to answer each of the time periods, uh, when Jesus gave the answer to the, their three questions, he was actually covering three different time periods. He was covering the fall of the temple, which was 70 A.D., and the apostles knew persecution. I mean, only one, and I think I quizzed you before. Do you remember? Which was the one who apostle who did not die from... Quit. Being, uh, that, this is quiz time. That was John. <laughs> John, very good, John. And they tried to boil that guy, you know, and he survived it. But when you look at the apostles, they were, James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded. Matthew was killed by a halberd. James was beaten to death with a club and then crucified and then stoned. Matthias was stoned and beheaded. Andrew was crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. Bartholomew was flayed alive and then crucified. Thomas was killed by a spear out in India. Simon the Zealot was crucified, and Paul, as we know, was beheaded in Rome. So the apostles knew death. They were willing to die for their faith in Christ. And throughout the centuries, we have seen Christians die for their faith in Jesus Christ. And as Jesus answered the questions, we know that as we get closer to the rapture, that the persecution of Christians will increase in frequency and intensity. But we know more so that those who give their lives to Jesus Christ during the tribulation, they in particular will be persecuted beyond measure. Matter of fact, we can go to Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, and yes. 7, verse 9, the fifth seal judgment, and it reads, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And it goes on, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. So we know that during the tribulation, when someone gives their life to Jesus Christ, no matter where they are in any part of the world, they are going to be subject to persecution and likely martyrdom. Mm -hmm. Amazing, incredible. And of course, Don, you, you did mention to us, of course, bringing us through that, that uh, things are going to continue to get progressively worse. And of course, right, Don, people have no idea what the tribulation is all about when it comes to persecution. Uh, they do not. Uh, even those of us who study uh, prophecy, I cannot imagine what it's going to be like. Jesus said that it's unprecedented, that there's, there's no event in the history of humanity that can even approach the bloodshed and the horrors that are going to be experienced during that, that period of time. And, and we've, we've gone through some bad things. You know, we right. have the institutions uh, and, and then uh, the Holocaust and, and what is happening even now uh, to the uh, people in the Middle East who are Christians. Um, so we've seen bad things, but even that cannot, uh, it is no real marker for the depth of the, of the degradation and persecution and hatred that will be uh, fomented upon Christian people during that time. 
Absolutely. And you know, Don, that's why uh, we uh, we also encourage anyone that is tuned in that really the, the, we need to come to the arms of Jesus now while there is still time, because what we're talking about, some it, these are events that are going to happen for real. Sad to say, sometimes people think it's a game or it's a joke, but we know that the window is going to close. The rapture of the church will take place, we believe, very soon. And then what's coming is going to be a really, really sad situation. So, Nathan, you talked to us about the sign of persecution and uh, if you take us a little bit forward as we open up there, Luke chapter uh, 21, what are some other things that we can see that will transpire? Well, one of the things about the persecution, uh, we read Luke 12, uh, 21 verse 12, uh, it's interesting what Jesus says in verse 13, this will result in your being witnesses to them, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you defend yourself, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They'll put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. So it's interesting that, that even though persecution is horrible as it is, that God turns what Satan plans for evil into good. That yes. people get saved. Uh, look at all the apostles, the way they died and how the people who witnessed their death to say, hey, they're willing to die for their faith, and they then accept Jesus as their Savior. And we're seeing that in this day and age, as, as the Christians in Nigeria are slaughtered by Boko Haram, as right. ISIS beheads all the people throughout Syria and um, into Iraq, and all these other places where Christians are getting persecuted, that, it, that reports are coming in that because of their Christian witness, Muslims and others are coming to know Jesus as their Savior because they see these people willing to die for their faith, and God uses that faith to bring other people to Him. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Of course, Don, I think you would agree that I believe we need to prepare ourselves because I was reading an incident, if I'm not mistaken, in the news about someone that was beheaded uh, here by a Muslim about a week or two ago. I'm not sure if you caught that article as well. Yes, that occurred in Moore, Oklahoma. It's still making headlines in, uh, in many news outlets. But actually, not many news outlets, but uh, only, only a few actually are really carrying that story because it's not politically correct in our country today mm. to point a finger of accusation against a Muslim. Um, much like the uh, shootings at Fort Hood are called workplace violence uh, shootings as opposed to terrorism. Uh, but those things are happening. Uh, they're happening in our country. We don't want to talk about them because right. we're not supposed to. Um, there, is, um, there is a past that is given to the horrors of Islam. Uh, it is often called one of the world's great peaceful religions, uh, which is also a political correctness. Um, but the truth is not, people do not want to face the truth, uh, Vic. And um, until people come face to face with the truth, whether it's the horrors of Islam or the fact of the imminent return of the Lord or anything like that, then they're going to continue in the ways that they're living now. And that's a very sad situation. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Nathan, you made a good point. You know, we see that no matter what happens, the Bible tells us that Satan, the gates of hell, will not prevail against the Church of Jesus Christ. Right, Nate? So regardless, we as Christians, God has a plan. And He's every time persecution comes, the Church develops and grows, right? Exactly. You know, what's amazing to me, when you look at the uh, whole thing left behind and the movie's coming out this weekend, by the way. I don't know if it's true to the books or not, but it'll get people talking. And they'll be talking about the rapture, and that when the church is raptured out, everybody, for a few moments at least, left behind, 
will, there won't be a single Christian, a single believer in Christ on the entire planet. Think about that. But then, as they realize the rapture happened, as they realize their loved ones are gone, as they read the materials and the Bibles that we leave behind, and they see the two witnesses God's going to provide in Jerusalem that will share the gospel, 144,000 Jewish evangelists, a gospel angel that will circle the earth, they will get the gospel of Christ. And as we just read there in the, the fifth seal judgment, that multitudes beyond count from every tribe, tongue, and nation will give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ during the tribulation. So the world is on the precipice of one of the biggest spiritual harvests that have ever happened in the last 2,000 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And that is one of the things that we find that persecution is uh, is a way to uh, test our faith. And and Don, I think uh, we need a little bit more of that in America because there's so many people that call themselves Christians, right? <laughs> You're very right about that. You know, someone said, it might have been someone who is uh, part of the uh, Voice of the Martyrs, said that the uh, the blood of Christians is fertilizer to the seed of the Word. I think that's that's right. I think that um, as terrible as it might seem to have to live under such circumstances, uh, it's those things that help purify the yes. church, where it separates the wheat from the chaff. Absolutely, and that's why I know that you know we're we, we're going to have to stand strong. There's so many things coming and uh, persecution. We have the the homosexual agenda. I know people don't want to talk about these sins and and just so many uh, uh, marriages now by men and men and women and women and and we that are Christians we're looked at as, as a minority. Uh, uh, right, Nathan? Exactly, Don. That's an excellent quote. I I love that quote. Matter of fact, I, I got that written out just because it reminds me all the time comes from Fox's Book of Martyrs. It goes, and yet notwithstanding all these continual persecutions and horrible punishments, the Church daily increased, deeply rooted in the doctrine of the apostles and of men apostolic, and watered plentifully with the blood of the saints. And yeah. I don't know about you as a Christian, but it, it's hard to think that my death for my faith could possibly bring more people to Jesus Christ than my lifetime spent witnessing to them. But God uses that, and it shows that that God doesn't think we're disposable soldiers, but he knows that our lives here are short, and our lives, our purpose is to bring people to Christ, and if our deaths do that, then we'll use that, too, to bring people to Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Go ahead, Don. I think you had another comment. Uh, well, it, it's, I think what Nathan is doing is, is emphasizing the, the fact that um, the way we live is a, a whole lot more important than those religious accolades that we like to repeat on Sunday morning sometimes. You know, we have... Yeah. Uh, we, Absolutely. We, <laughs> service, we uh, as the old folks used to say, we wax long and loud in our prayers. And we <laughs> impress people with our theological knowledge, and, and we use all these terms like sanctification and all of that kind of thing. Good terms and everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's oftentimes uh, just so much noise. Um, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, is what they say where I'm from. And uh, to see if something is more than mere words, then you just watch how someone re responds to persecution. Right. That is going to make a big difference in the lives of those who see what is going to happen in the lives of Christians. And you know, Don, and also um, Nathan, it is so true. And of course, uh, we're not saying that we want persecution to come necessarily, uh, but I, I think that we need a little bit of a purification in America. We really need, as a church, as individuals, uh, to wake up in a sense. Right, Nate? You know, I've been studying the, the minor prophets because, frankly, the minor prophets aren't really studied very much. And 
I've been just doing a lot of reading and writing on that, and I'm hoping to put it together in a book. And the more I study the minor prophets, the more I realize that how much Israel at the time, take Amos, for instance, that Israel at the time of these prophets did have a religiosity, if I could use that word, to them. They, they went to the temple, they, they did sacrifices and all that, but that was their Sunday thing, so it was their Sabbath thing for the Jews. And the rest of the week, they lived however they wanted. And, and that really bothered God. He detested that false spirituality that we claim that we have today without the real heart for Jesus Christ, that real relationship. And that's where the United States is now. I mean, it is amazing the parallels between American culture and Israel's culture back in the Bible times, and that we have that religiosity, so to speak, but the real heart and love of Jesus Christ is no longer there. And just like Israel, God uses the punishments to get people to turn back to Jesus Christ, to, mm -hmm. to turn to him, to renew that faith. And I believe we're really, and I agree totally with Don, that we are now at a precipice where we have reached that point where God now has to bring persecution back into the United States to wake up the Church, to get it vibrant again, and to turn it to him. Now, we know this apathy of the Church was prophesied at Re uh, Revelation chapter 3, the Church right. of Laodicea, the final phase of the Church, would be apathy, and we're living in that now. But I'm hoping that before we go in the rapture that there is something that wakes up the Western Church and gets us on fire for Jesus Christ again. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, you know, Don, there's individuals out there, maybe they're tuned into the program, and they really don't have a relationship with God. They've heard about Jesus, they, but they themselves have not committed themselves uh, to the Lord. Uh, what would you say to them, Don, in terms of, uh, of encouraging them as we know the time uh, is running out? I'd tell them, go to the Word. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of, of, of good Bible teachers and preachers and, and, and that kind of thing out there on radio, television, and, and in churches. But there is so much out there that is mere man's opinion regarding salvation yes. and living uh, our lives and, and that kind of thing. If you want to know about Jesus and about salvation... It's okay to listen to people, but measure every word, every recommendation uh, according to Scripture. I hear so many times uh, preachers on television and on radio declaring, well, this is, this is what Christianity is about, this is what you need to do, and, and, and this is the way you need to respond, and what have you. My advice to people is to go to the Word. God gives people a, a, a mind that is capable of understanding the translation of the Bible into English, and um, the Holy Spirit guides us in the study of these things. Stick with what the Word says. That's, that's my, I guess that's my greatest exhortation and encouragement to those who might be listening. Amen. Thank you so much, Don. And of course, that's why we always encourage people, go to the Word of God. The Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Don is the Word of God speaking to the heart of man. And well, while time goes so fast, Don... And Nate, I can't believe it. Our program is pretty much almost uh, over. And I want to thank both of you for being on the program. Don, thank you so much for being part of the program today. It has been a pleasure. I really mean that, Vic. It has really been good to be with you and with Nate, uh, Nathan. And it's my prayer that those who have heard will have been blessed. Oh, thank you so much Amen. for tuning Likewise. in. Yes, and Nathan Jones, thank you so much. Also